What is up, guys? This is Free Wine and Unleavened Bread. I'm your host, Dalton Lott, with my co-host, Corey Anthorpe. Hey, guys. Whitney Williamson. Hey. And David Lee Overstreet. <laughs> the middle name, bro. <laughs> How is everybody doing? It's been a minute. It has. Since we last recorded. Yeah. People are wondering where we're at. Yeah. I've gotten a few text messages. like Text messages? Really? <laughs> yes. When are you going to record again? And I'm like, we are trying. It's just been scheduling conflicts and, you know, the, the enemy is really just trying to keep us silent. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but truth. Uh, the truth prevails. It does. It does prevail. It yes. does. Because we are here. We are recording. And we are here to talk about the Gospels. Ooh, ooh. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> David, tell them about your new uh, your new soundboard, though. Okay, guys, so I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna be a nerd for just a second, then nerd I'll stop. Nerd alert! <laughs> so I Did you know? I needed something different going on. Um, I've been working with a janky setup for a long time since we started, and I'm, I was technically borrowing a friend's interface. So I decided that it was time to make an investment and. Um, Get it? Get the mixer. So now we've got sounds on here. We've got like, <laughs> and then we've got like harp, you know, for our Facebook memories. And then we've got crickets. Every time I say something stupid, I'll make sure to hit that one. Oh, wow. This episode is going to be nothing but crickets. <laughs> <laughs> and then every time Dalton makes a joke, I'll, <laughs> I'll throw that one on. And then we've also got the, the, the OG stuff, you know. Yeah, and then the I take comfort in the fact that we can come to the throne. And then a new one. I get to clean God's toilets. <laughs> That's Johnson. That's Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Johnson, you're featured on this one, buddy. But yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. So hopefully you guys enjoy it, enjoy that aspect of it. But that is exciting because it also means that like we're making progress on the show too. Right. Yeah. It's all those profits. All those profits. <laughs> <laughs> No, I uh, actually there's a there's a cool there's site. Four profits which on the profit? show. Huh? Which, which profit? Like, we gonna prophesy or profit? Right, like, yeah. you got some money. I mean, there's four profits on the show. Here. Yeah, like, it's true. <laughs> no, um, it's those good old Biden bucks, you know. No, actually, um, for anybody who likes like tech equipment and stuff, um, there's this site called Zounds, and they let you finance equipment interest free, and so. I've bought tons of guitars off of them and like microphones, and that's where I got this mixer. So, yeah, nice. Need, need a place to get some uh, some tech. That's a good place to start. I wish it counted for my credit. Yeah, <laughs> I bought so many things, <laughs> so many things off there, and like paid them off. And I'm like, oh, my credit would be so much better right. weren't for that. Mm. Anyways, how have you guys been doing? It's been good. Corianne, tell us about your <laughs> adventures. You've been, I've seen so many just like beautiful photos. Yeah. On Facebook. I mean, especially since it's heating up, the weather's just so nice. Mm-hmm. Well, other than like. <laughs> well. Other than the like three rainstorms we've The tornado had. warnings, I mean. Literally, oh my goodness, last night, uh, it was a fight night. And so like the main fight doesn't start till like 1130. And so we had a packed restaurant. And, like, it was thundering and raining in Franklin. And then, like, right as the main event was starting, 
the TVs went out. Oh my Everyone God. was like mad and drunk and just throwing things. It was it was chaos. So they still got a fight. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to fight some people. We had some, uh, some interesting characters come in last night. Fight the fight. The UFC crowd is a very different crowd. It's a very interesting group of people hmm. that watch UFC. Yeah, but it was fun. We eventually got it back and we put it on like ESPN Plus or something. So mm-hmm. it couldn't go out because it was, like, streaming off of somebody's device. But, yeah, it was scary for a minute. That rain was crazy. And today I was just taking a drive with Cooper or whatever, and there was, um, there was like, a giant puddle. Like, if you go on Manchester Pike, it was just giant. Like, it looked like an ocean you had to drive through. And it just said high water, and it was just, like, and it's sunny and beautiful outside, and you're still driving through this, like, this puddle. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Johnson's calling me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Johnston, buddy, buddy. Oh, man. I am so sorry, buddy. Like, we really want to answer the phone. We really do. Let me. You could answer him and put him on. Johnston. Hey, buddy. What are you up to? We are recording the podcast at the moment. Put him on Bluetooth. Can you? Can you? Oh, Bluetooth. Put him on Bluetooth. We can hear him. Johnson, are you still there? All right, take him off. <laughs> Johnson, you there? I'm still here. You still there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got a new interface, so we tried to connect you to the Bluetooth, but that it didn't work out very well. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I'll call you once we're done, okay? All right. Sounds good, Dalton. All right, man. Later. Johnston Ellis, ladies and gentlemen. Johnston Ellis. Yeah, so Johnston has been checking out the Catholic Church here lately, and he has decided that he wants to join it. So, And uh, he's pretty excited, and I've talked to him about it here and there, and um, like I have no reason to believe that Christians can't be a part of the Catholic Church, um, even though they have like so many different traditions and mm-hmm. you know other things as well. They still believe that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior and the only way to God. But, uh, guys, it's time for some memories. I want to talk about some memories. And uh, the first memory I want to tell you about is the other night. Have Let me restart. Have Has anybody ever woken up in the middle of the night and, like, there's just that one thing on TV. Like, you fell asleep watching TV and this one thing is on and it just kind of, like, scares you. Nope. No. Like in the, like mm. the middle of the night. So nobody ever fell asleep watching Nickelodeon and the George Lopez show was on and you just wake up to the theme song. That sounds familiar, actually. Maybe so. I never woke up scared. I woke up annoyed because I'm like, what is that sound waking me up? And then I'll just like turn it off. Yeah. Well, the other <laughs> night I had one of those moments. So I fell asleep watching YouTube and I guess autoplay was on or whatever. But I wake up at like three o'clock in the morning to the TV blaring an infomercial on music. (laughs) 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 So did like anybody ever like wake up in the middle of the night and see those infomercials about like the 30 track CDs where it's all like the greatest love song hits. Yeah. Yeah. They still play those. (laughs) Good night. (laughs) That's kind of what it was on YouTube. And I was just like, this brings back memories. And then wow. I immediately shut the TV off. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, but yeah, so that was a <laughs> that was a prominent memory on my mind at the moment. 
Um, but I wanted to share a meme with you guys because that's all I ever share on God. Facebook. <laughs> Uh, this meme says, today the devil whispered in my ear, you're not strong enough to withstand the storm. And I whispered, get six feet back. <laughs> <laughs> because it's 2020. <laughs> six feet, social distancing. Distancing. Yeah, I can't enunciate it anymore. That's fine. There's another one uh, from when Tiger King was like oh all goodness. the rage. And Last it's uh, it says when a dad sees the front door wide open and multiple lights left on, uh, it's him saying, I am never going to financially recover from this. <laughs> and I feel like that's been David and I's life here recently because we cannot get the electric bill to go down. No. It's, it, what was it last time? $300? Yeah. That's like oh three f- it's like $355 this $355. Dang. It's been crazy. <sighs> oh, well. All good. Yeah, I know. That's the face I made. <laughs> Whitney's over here like, what? How could you? We got a new washer and dryer. That's helping out. I mean, we've been trying to keep the lights off, which I think we've done better at that. I think it's literally just the air returns. Like, it's just so clogged that the air is having to work twice as hard. Have you guys yeah. changed out your air filters? We're about no. to. <laughs> and it, we, You're supposed to change them out every, like, three to six months. We haven't changed them. Once. And it's been over a year. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Probably should change those. Yeah. I would check the seals like in your windows and make sure that there's not any like little bit of airflow like mm-hmm. with the doors and the windows. If so, you can put like a towel in front of the door. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure there's other options for that, but that'll. Hmm. We need the, uh, another, the air expert, everybody. Another thing that <laughs> like is making it hard to determine like what is actually causing it is the fact that our electric bill is like a month lag. So right, like, so you have to think about the month prior to be like, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, and this one was probably bad because we had snow days in February, so yeah, and had the heat on constantly, and people were home for like a whole week, and that yeah. makes sense then. So yeah, we played in zombies for literally five <laughs> days straight. <laughs> I think a total of like twenty four hours we played, dude. Goodness, crazy, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. My um, my my memory like is weird as usual, but like I kind of wanted to turn it into like a question for you guys. Okay. So 12 years ago, um, I posted says life is good. Dot, dot, dot. Oonts, 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 oonts. So like, (laughs) so the, the way I spell that is O O N Z. Would you guys spell it O O N Z or U N Z? U-N-C-E. U-N-Z? U-N-C-E. Really? <laughs> yeah. Uns? <laughs> it's I definitely... <laughs> like, I would, uns. I would do N-T-S. Like, uns, Okay, I can see that, too. <laughs> that's actually not bad. <laughs> but then you miss out the whole bass. Like, that's well, just... Uh, well, you know, I can't do... Like, I don't know how you do that bass in it. So, like, I would... O-O-N-T-S-E. Z. <laughs> you guys are <laughs> you guys are blowing my mind. I never thought about that. <laughs> we should but all we should all sing our own version. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I can't do that. I remember I got in this really heated debate with someone I work with about that. They were like, "It's R- U N Z," or U N. What is it? Yeah, U N Z. Why would you spell it double O N Z? I'm like, because it sounds like that. But I just wanted to see what you guys thought. And I got a lot of answers I <laughs> wasn't expecting at all. 
I was going to ask you when you said you had wanted to change it to a question or whatever. I was like, are you going to ask us to correct your spelling? Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think anyone could help me there. <laughs> I still misspell things. <laughs> I always spell opportunities wrong. Opportunities? Yeah. At every opportunity, I spell At every wrong. opportunity, you spell <laughs> opportunity wrong. And then uh, the same day I posted, just woke up. Who cares? Like, come on, dude. Why would Twitter I say that? <laughs> just, oh my goodness. Are you going to hit that one button? What button? Crickets. Who cares, dude? <laughs> Nobody cares. Let's hear about Whitney's Facebook memory. Aww. Bring that wit dumb in. Yeah. Um, I just have a couple quotes for you guys per use. So, it says, the only guarantee for failure is to stop trying. Ooh. And then I shared a John Maxwell quote. Courage is the willingness to let go of the familiar. What you have known and what you have done hinders you from being what you can become. Mm. Mm. And then my last one is treat others how you want God to treat you. That's a nice one. Hmm. I like it. I like like all of them. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. (laughs) like it a lot. (laughs) Well done. Corian. So I... I haven't made too much fun over here. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) One of my friends posted this. I don't know if 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 I'm allowed to play this, like if it will be copyrighted or something, but he shared this on Facebook and got me in my feels. Oh my goodness, I saw this the other day and same, same. Oh my gosh, it was a reunion. Like they sang it now. Really? Yeah. Ooh. I was so excited when I saw that. Send that to me. Yeah. I, uh, so um, for anyone who's wondering what that is, it's out of the box. Mm. It's like the best show out yeah. ever. Out of the box. Out of the box. Out of the box. Oh, good times. Goodness, memories, nostalgia. Yeah. Mm, gotta love it. Well, guys, today we are talking about Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sunday school answer. <laughs> Sunday school answer. Um, no, we're going to be talking about his life, his death, and his resurrection. Uh, we are recording this on Palm Sunday. So what did Jesus do on Palm Sunday? He rode into Jerusalem on a donkey's back while people just laid down palm leaves. And that's fun. He fulfilled, <laughs> <laughs> he fulfilled a prophecy in doing that. Um, but uh, so in this was not originally in light of it being Easter time because we planned on recording this a month ago. Mm-hmm. Um but in God's providence, we're talking about the Gospels around Easter time, and I feel like there couldn't be a better time to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but today we're going to be talking about Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, and how each one of those is significant, um, both for the Gospel stories and for our lives. Uh, so I'm just going to like open up the room and see if anybody has anything that they want to share um, as far as... like. How Jesus' life has impacted you. (laughs) (laughs) That's where we need the crickets. (laughs) It's like such a big question, like how his life impacted us. Like, (laughs) you know, Jesus mean to you? How much time do you have? That's such a broad question. I almost think it's just, um, just naturally easier to answer like a more specific question because that can go down so many avenues Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. where we were you know, and what he's brought us through to where we are now and what we're going to continue to walk through with him. Um, that's just 
This yeah. is a really broad question, but well, let me ask it uh, in a different way then. Um, actually, just a whole new question. <laughs> <laughs> what did Jesus' life look like here on Earth? It was an example for all of us. It was perfect. Yeah. Good Sunday school answer. <laughs> <laughs> and that that yeah. Yeah. That covers the bases. Yeah. His <laughs> life looked like him spending so much time in the Father's presence and being obedient mm-hmm. to what God had called him to do, that his life became the word, that he was the word. And he gave us access to come to the throne room, mm-hmm. to live in freedom, to walk by his spirit. He paid a price that we might receive the Holy Spirit. And he spent so many more years preparing like, what was it, 30 years that he spent preparing? Years, yeah. And then he had three years of ministry. Mm-hmm. And side mm-hmm. story or comment, a lot of us want to be a different place or further along than we are now, and we don't realize how much time Jesus actually saturated in the, the presence of the Father before he started that ministry and that he didn't operate and move when he wanted to. He did it by the Father. Mm-hmm. And when God told him to and and listening and being receptive to the voice of God is so important and to not get ahead of ourselves whenever we're representing Jesus and we want to be somewhere we're may, maybe not at yet or that we're growing into. And so just his life looked like him being a servant and he came to seek and to save the lost Yeah, and came and he was patient with people and he healed people and he stirred their their thought process and the religious leaders and, and just he, he flipped, he flipped things. He came and fulfilled, you know, like mm-hmm. prophecy after prophecy after prophecy. Um, There's yeah. something called the great reversal. Uh, and that is what God does just like in his character is that he takes what you expect and he uses what you wouldn't expect to do the opposite. So where believe that where the strong are made weak and the <laughs> weak are made strong, where the first are last and the last are first, that's like the great reversal, and um, that's kind of like what Jesus' whole life was is like he had very humble roots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is so what? funny? <laughs> we'll we'll cut. You. We'll cut it out. I'll tell you after. I'm not gonna say it right now. <laughs> Jesus had such a humble life. <laughs> Um, but Jesus had very humble roots. He, like, you think about it, he was born to a virgin mother. Probably nobody believed that she was virgin. You know, just you think about the stigma that, mm-hmm. like, comes a- around that. Mm-hmm. Um, because she wasn't married yet. She was betrothed, but she wasn't married yet. Yeah. Um, he had to go, like, he was virtually homeless for a little while because he was having to go to Egypt and then back to Nazareth, uh, all this stuff. But anyway, he had very humble roots and his whole ministry was humility in a nutshell. Um, and yet he had authority and power that whole time. Yeah. And it's like he, just everything about his life, you wouldn't expect him to be who he was. Right, mm-hmm. but that's what God does is he just takes what is unexpected and uses that as his kind of like catalyst mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So that's a, that's a big point in Jesus' life. And I think even we see that in our own lives so often that he takes, like, things that we wouldn't expect to be used for his glory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, flips it, you know? Yeah. yeah. I think it's interesting how he he got people to follow him from, like, all walks of life. So, like, Mark was, like, wasn't Mark, like, a physician? And then, or no, that was Luke. Luke yeah. was mm-hmm. the physician. And then um, Matthew was the tax collector. And so it's just, like, these people from, like, all professions and walks of life, like, he he was such an example that they followed him. Mm-hmm. Luke they wasn't just dr- one of the 12 though. Right. Luke was um, later. Yeah. Luke was later and people believe that he was a good friend of Paul. Right. But um, still like he wrote an account. Right. Like, I mean, which I mean, it's a big deal. Um, <laughs> someone influences you so much that you write an account of their life. Like, mm-hmm. and like, I don't know. I feel like in his account, Jesus is like portrayed as like savior of all. Like everyone has a different kind of, spin on it mm-hmm. and has a different like i feel like matthews is like kind of like jesus king of jews and then luke is like jesus savior of all and then i feel like john's is like jesus um suffering servant mm-hmm. you know and so it's like the it's one that loved me is really what he's going with right yeah. right. <laughs> right i'm the favorite but um yeah, I, I love that banter that he has with like Peter throughout his gospel, right? Because uh, he just throws in so many like different, just yeah. unnecessary <laughs> details <laughs> about Peter. Um, but I think it's good that it's like that. Yeah, that like it, the humanity in the story, right? You know, um, but yeah. So Jesus' life was about humility. It was about humanity. It was about ministry. Um, but overall, it was to reveal who God was. He was the great mystery revealed. Um, but it was destined to look like a failure. It was destined to look like he was not who he said he was. Right. So let's talk about his death a little bit. Um, why did the Jews kill him, and why was his death significant? us today and for his ministry the Jews killed him because he came and basically told them that their religious osity or however you want to word that like them trying to make everybody abide by the law and all of those things was wrong Mm -hmm. and he totally flipped people's ideas and opinions of what that looked like and like you said he revealed who God is, and they didn't like that. They wanted the say. They wanted the final authority over religious beliefs and systems. They wanted to to basically just dominate in that area, and he came in and was like, no, yeah, he, this is the way walk in it, Yeah, and they didn't like that. Yeah, they wanted God to fit their box. They didn't want a God that could not be put in a box. Right, and it seems like, like Jesus was all about love, like obviously truth too, but... Jesus is love, you know, God is love. And so I think even nowadays, but even back then, it's so much easier to follow law than to love. Like love is not easy. Mm. You know, there's people that you come across that you're like, oh, I love you. Like you're easy to love. But Jesus loved everyone, even the people that crucified him. And so I think that's, it's just, it's just crazy that, you know. Yeah. They were definitely more works-oriented 
Mm-hmm. And we, side note, we need to be really careful as the body of Christ to not be that, not be the religious people that Jesus was correcting. Yeah, it's very tempting. It is. It's very easy to fall into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so you have to, you know, make sure that you're communing mm-hmm. with God and you're hearing his voice because if you're not listening to his voice, you're probably listening to the enemy's voice and you will get over in that religious spirit instead mm-hmm. of the relational spirit that you're supposed to have. Yeah. So. Which that's not to say that works aren't important, but they're important because you are saved. The motive of your works. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The motive of your works. And so like what's in your heart will come out in your life. And you saw that with, you know, with Jesus, like mm-hmm. his heart was for his father. His heart was for people. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, so Jesus, uh, the Jews, they, uh, had this very just like set in stone idea of what the Messiah would look like. They believed in a Messiah. They believed that there would be end times and that God would send somebody to, um, get rid of the Roman empire, get rid of all of the other, um, just antagonists in their storyline. Um, but they, ex- they expected like a military leader, like somebody who would be like King David, who would be in front of all the armies, um, that would slay the Goliaths. Um, but Jesus in his life, it was all about humility. And so it didn't look like that at all. It was the great reversal. It was Jesus Christ coming not to slay the Goliath, but be slain by the Goliath. Um, and so that's significant. His death is significant because it's actually what paved the way for us to be saved from those armies, from the forces of evil, from the forces of the world, um, which ultimately is sin. So we are saved from our sins because of his death. Jesus Christ was the ultimate sacrifice. He was the perfect lamb that all of scripture kind of points to. So throughout scripture, we see lambs being sacrificed for the sins of others, for sin debt. Um, It was a sin sacrifice. And all throughout scripture, God is pointing to a perfect lamb, to a perfect sacrifice. And Jesus Christ is that sacrifice. He He died a criminal's death on a tree, which is like a cursed death. He became a curse for us. Um, so that we could experience life eternal, mm-hmm. forgiven from our sins, and life with Christ. Um, I'm out of breath. Preach <laughs> <laughs> this. Um, but uh, yeah. So his death was significant. Um, and the reason that they killed him was significant. David, did you have anything to add? Um, not, not really kind of along the lines you were saying, mm-hmm. um, I, I was just reading, just kind of t- still talking about his death. Like, um, I was reading about, um, the interaction with Pilate yesterday and like, just kind of thinking about how some of us could be Pilate at some, at some times in our life, like very passive and like, I don't want anything to do with this, but it's like all of our sins put him there. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, and he tried to wash his sin, like wash his hands of his blood, but they were his blood was still on his hands. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he took that away. Mm-hmm. And so, like, 
just little stuff like that like, yeah. kind of catches my attention. It's so interesting that you bring that up, though, because that's something that stuck out to me a while back ago when I was reading that same story. And John, um, you know, Pilate, he, it's kind of like sad. Like, Pilate didn't have any reason to want to kill Jesus. Pilate wasn't a Jew. He was a Roman counselor, I believe. Um, but basically the Jews went to him and were like, we want him dead. We want him crucified. And Pilate actually tried to, like, get him released. That's yeah. why we see the whole thing with Barabbas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yet they were still like, no, we're going to, we want Jesus to be crucified. Um, His wife even tried to warn him. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. Your like, wife comes to you and she's like, I had a dream last night that this is not a good idea. Yeah. And you're still, like, just afraid of, Yeah, he was just afraid of outrage. He was afraid mm-hmm. of He was afraid of them backlash. mobbing. Yeah. Um, but the point that you brought up about him washing his hands, I, I, I see the irony in that so much. So he washes his hands and says, because you say, say this, his blood is on y'all's hands. It's talking to the Jews. And so the Jews, what they say is, may his blood be on our heads and our hands and on our children's heads and our hands and on their children's and for all the generations to come. And the irony of that is is that his blood washes us of our sins. Mm-hmm. So praise God that his blood is on us. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just think that is so awesome. That is really cool. Um, but yeah, like, like I have nothing else to add. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> God's a comedian, dude. He's I think it's... Well, it's just so... It's providential. Yeah. It, yeah. Like, everything that goes on with that. But yeah. What were you going to say? I was just going to say, too, I think the Barabbas thing is so ironic, too, because, like, we're Barabbas, you know? Like, mm-hmm. we didn't deserve to be set free, but we got set free, and Jesus paid the penalty, you know? Yeah. I always think that's so interesting. Yeah. Uh, something that my pastor point out, pointed out this morning was that, so with the cross... There was a there's a procession like after Jesus Christ is beaten, um, he then like the robes are torn off of him and he has to carry this wooden beam that is like the horizontal piece of the cross. Mm-hmm. He has to carry it over to the stake that is the vertical piece, um, and through this procession, the Romans like had this procession as a way for somebody to make an appeal. So to object that Jesus was guilty, not Jesus in particular, but like for any criminal, it was an opportunity for them to um, vouch on the criminal's behalf. And the fact that nobody spoke up, it's just like, it's kind of like disheartening. It's like, but at the same time, it's God's providence because this needed to happen. Right. Exactly. Okay, so we've talked about his life. We've talked about his death. Let's talk about his resurrection a little bit. Why is that significant? And why, and like, what does it mean for us as Christians, for us who believe that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead? I think it's, um, I think it's hope, man. Like, this, I was kind of saving this for um, next time. But um, I think that a lot of, like the hope part is what draws people in. Mm-hmm. I think that's what the resurrection does. Like it's used so much in the new Testament um, to convey messages, to, to make points, but it's just, it's also just such 
it's hope for everyone. It's like he died on the cross for our sin, but then he conquered death. And like, there's something there's, there's no way to not be overjoyed about that. And I just think that that's just, just the point of ministry um, throughout the rest of the epistles. And yeah, I just think that it's, it signifies hope and it just put off your old self and put on your new self. Mm-hmm. And obviously if he didn't resurrect, that would kind of botch the whole prophecy, the whole everything, you know, like our mm-hmm. whole faith really relies on that. Um, but like you were saying, it does play into the hope and just that it also symbolizes like when we have that relationship with Jesus and when we recognize him as our savior, mm-hmm. we die like mm-hmm. our, you know, we die, but then we become born again. So right. it's like we kind of have this resurrection as well through Jesus. Right. Yeah. yeah. Paul says that if the resurrection, if there is no resurrection, then pity on us. Like we're the fools mm-hmm. for sh- believing in this gospel, for telling these gospel accounts. But if the resurrection did happen if the resurrection is real which he attests to it to it that it is because he's seen jesus christ himself and he gives other like accounts where there were like 500 people that saw him at one time and most of them were still alive when he was writing the epistle um he talks about uh how jesus christ revealed himself to uh the disciples and over a time period of like 40 days and so he's going into an account that like He's making a point that the resurrection did happen. But what he's saying is that because the resurrection, we can be resurrected, just as you were saying. Mm-hmm. We can be resurrected and born again um, <clears throat> into a new life, into a new creation, hidden in glory with Jesus Christ. That we will be revealed when judgment day comes, when he comes again. <clears throat> um, but the resurrection is also significant because... If Jesus Christ wasn't resurrected, then he really was just a rebel. He really was just a false prophet, according to the Jews. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at it, like this was probably Paul's point of view on the whole thing or before he was converted, before he had his encounter with Jesus. Mm-hmm. His point of view was probably like, this guy is distorting all of the scriptures. He's blaspheming against God, saying that he is God. The Jews don't believe in multiple gods, and yet this guy is saying that he is God and that God is in heaven. So how can there be, like, how can that be if he's saying that there's only one God? Right. Um, He's just, he's doing all these different types of things. And it looks like Jesus Christ is forsaken. It looks like God is punishing Jesus Christ. It looks like. He really is just a false prophet because he's dying a criminal's death. He's cursed on a tree. But the thing that just takes all of that and flips it around, the great reversal, is that he's resurrected. And if he's resurrected, then he must be on God's good side. He must be who he says he is. Mm-hmm. And that, that's just a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um uh, that, that's another thing that I forgot to bring up about his death um, is that when he was forsaken on the cross, he, uh, he quotes Psalm 22. He says, my, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? 
And there's been a lot of, like, just confusion around that quote. Um, so I wanted to see what you guys thought, like, what he means by that. A lot of the, just side note, the, a lot of the Old Testament is types and shadows of the New Testament, um, in, including that when David said that and then Jesus made that statement. But also before God sent Jesus, his only son, to pay for our sins, there was Abraham and Isaac. Mm-hmm. And you just see different types and shadows of the Old Testament and the obedience and the prophecy that you see in the New Testament. And I just think that that's really awesome. Yeah. Um, but I wonder, too, if, like, you know, when he said that, he'd taken all of our sin on him. So he's just like this pile of sin, basically, you know. And so, obviously, God is perfectly holy. He can't be he can't. in the presence of sin. So he turns his back. And that's, you know, ex- that's, that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. So Jesus Christ, he takes on all of our sin and he had to do that in order for us to be saved from our sin. So when he does that, God has to turn his back. He has to forsake Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, when he dies, but everybody like non-believers or people that are, or people that are, um, kind of like looking into Christianity, they see that and they're like, what God would turn his back on his only son Mm -hmm. that's doing this. And the thing is, is that it's not, it's not a question out of desperation. It's a rhetorical question. And he's not really so much asking God. He's asking the Jews. He's saying one, because he's quoting scripture. He is still to the very end standing by his ministry. Mm Mm-hmm. But he's not asking God, why have you forsaken me? He knows why God has forsaken right. him. He wants everybody else to see why God has forsaken him. Mm-hmm. And it's so that they could be saved from their sins. And it gives it gives so much, like, it, like some men's faith even more. Because it's like, wow, even in that moment when Jesus, God's son, is full of sin, God's character does not change. Right. Like, he will not have anything to do with sin. Yeah. It's like you were saying, like he had to turn his back on on him in that moment, and that's an unfamiliar feeling to Jesus, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Up until that moment, God had been right there with yeah. him, and that's why he had so much confidence in his ministry. And yeah, yeah, and like that just sheds a whole new light too on what Jesus was anticipating in the Garden of, Get- of Gethsemane. Mm-hmm. You know, he like he knew that he was going to be forsaken. He knew that he was going to be taking on all of that sin. Right. And like if you've spent every moment of your life with God in the presence of God being God, yeah. Then how excruciatingly just like Yeah, that's insane cuz like, would that be? Especially cuz I mean we all say oh Jesus died for us and we like see a picture and he's hanging on a cross, you know, like a couple blood drips coming from him and it's like that is so not like he was tortured disgustingly, you know. And then the, but then, sorry, go ahead. Oh, well, I was just going to say, like, obviously we can't even imagine what kind of pain he went through, but having God turn his back, like you're, like you were saying that would be excruciating. Like that Mm -hmm. had to been the worst part. Yeah. What are you going to say, David? I was just going to say like, you know, 
I know they do this for censorship, but like he was most definitely naked mm-hmm. on the cross. Yeah. Like, and then you know, in the pictures, it's just portrayed as like, oh, he's got a little cloth around mm-hmm. him, right? But know. even even around all of that, he had been stripped of of his flesh, of his decency, and um, he had been stripped of his innocence. He he mm-hmm. was now made sin, yeah. and yet, despite all of that, he still had authority. Um, so in, uh, I think it's Luke, or maybe it's Matthew, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. And then he goes into saying that I have authority to lay down my life and to pick it up again. Mm-hmm. And the scripture says when Jesus Christ is on the cross that he sa- he yells out, it is finished. And then it says that, he laid down his life. It didn't say that his life was taken from him. Mm-hmm. It didn't say that he lost his life. It said that he laid down his life. But then the good news is that three days later, he picked it up again. Right. Yeah. He was resurrected. And we have our faith because of it. And we're going to end it on that note. Um, but next week, we're going to be talking about sharing the gospel and how the gospel is shared in the epistles. So glad to be able to do this with you guys. We'll see you next week.